Hello, sisters. As you know, we have been going through the book of Philippians, which is often called the epistle of joy. But yet joy is a free gift from the Lord. And Paul tells us to count it all joy when we go through various trials. So why is our joy being robbed? In this three-part series, I'm going to give you nine reasons why your joy might be being robbed. I pray this series blesses you. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello again, sisters. Okay, so we are working on the three-part series of the nine things that rob our joy. So this is part two. We've been going through Philippians, which is the epistle of joy, kind of got us thinking about why we can have joy as this free gift that God has given us through Christ, even through various trials and tribulations. Today, I have three more points. One, what robs our joy? Satan and his army. They are after us all the time. And they know they can't take away our salvation from us. They know that we are now children of God and that we are out of the slave market of sin. And we are got this beautiful inheritance awaiting us. So what does he want to do? He wants to frustrate us, completely frustrate us. You know, when Jesus, when he was nailed to the cross and he said, it is finished. In Colossians 2, 15, it says that he disarmed the power of Satan in our lives. And he made a spectacle of our enemy. So yeah, Satan is a formidable enemy. He is powerless in our lives. He does not have the power that he once had. And he is he is a he is a created being. He is a puppet in God's hands. God is sovereign and beautiful. And so 
We have to remember that. But he is definitely a formidable enemy. So what he does is he throws distractions at us all the time to try to keep us frustrated, to keep us from focusing on um, our uh, beautiful salvation and the inheritance which has been given us. If he can get our minds off Christ and focused on the distraction, focused on the trial, the tribulation, and the circumstance, then he will rob you of your joy. And we know that, you know, things happen. We have circumstances and, and we've got to deal with those circumstances. But why did Paul say, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations? Because even though we are going through these trials and tribulations, we're having these experiences that may be negative or maybe a distraction from the enemy, we still have our beautiful salvation. The problem is we're always looking for something else. We're discontent. We're constantly, the enemy is constantly throwing these distractions at us or throwing these things at us to make us believe that God is not enough, that he alone, his word alone, the way that he has designed the church and the community alone is not enough. And so he has, the Satan has brought in all these distractions like emotionalism and entertainment and, and programs and all these things to, if he can get us to be dissatisfied with just the beauty of Christ, the beauty of his word and the beauty of his bride, then he will keep us tossing us to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's one way that actually steals your joy. The health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, it gives a false identity of joy. It gives a false illusion that if you have, your health is perfect. If you're, if you have all the wealth, if you have um, all the blessings, then that's, what's going to bring you joy. No, that may bring you happiness, but joy comes within as a free gift, no matter what. Paul did not have health, wealth, or prosperity, okay? He was, you know, he went through it all. The apostles went through all. They all died for Jesus in, in a very horrific way. And even John the apostle, he was put in boiling oil and survived it and then put on to the island of Papos. So can you imagine how his body, the blisters, the, the healing, the pain, the torture that he would have lived out in? He lived this, this isolated life in a prison on island of Papos where he wrote the book of Revelation. And so, you know, we we have this idealization like, oh, if we have, if everything is handed to us and we're just living this great life, that that's what brings us joy. No, joy is found when your fruit is pressed, joy is found when all these distractions and everything's not going right, but yet you still count it all joy. And it's interesting because today, as I am making this particular podcast slash YouTube video, I had to put my dog down this morning, suddenly, like we did not expect that. And it, it was it's been horrible. It's been so sad. And obviously all the complexities of that, we love him so much. He was, he was part of this ministry. He's part of um, our lives. Everybody knew him. He was, he's in all my videos that you hear the dog in the background, either barking, snoring, or, you know, heavy breathing because we have, he was an English bulldog. That's him. And, you know, so we lost him this morning and then we get home and our, our septic is out. It's like, what? you know, so we have to call the septic guy. And then uh, my husband goes downstairs and the water softener valve is broke. And so he has to turn the water softener off and he has to get that fixed. And so 
Oh my goodness. That's just in the past, you know, several hours of today. And we're supposed to be leaving on Saturday to go out of town and all this is going on, but I can still do this podcast and this YouTube because as much as my heart hurts and as sad as I am, I count it all joy that I know that my salvation is secure. I know that my sovereign God who, who, who loves me, who loves my husband, who, who is in complete charge of my life has all of this under control. None of this caught him by surprise, which will take me to point two. So I might as well just go right into point two, since we're kind of talking about the sovereignty of God. So the second thing that will rob you of joy is not understanding God's sovereignty, not realizing, not having a biblical worldview on how God is sovereign. He is in control and it will rob us of our joy if we do not fully understand that and have, have that understanding that he rules over the earth. And though Satan does have limited power, God still ultimately is in control. Satan is a created being. He's nothing more than a puppet on God's string. He can only do what the Lord has allowed him to do. Think of Job and everything that Satan brought against Job. It was only by permission of God. And it was for Job, you know, it turned out for his good and God's glory and all of that. And so, yeah, you know, my dog passed away suddenly this morning, you know, and we're all devastated by that. My septic system is out and my water heater thing just went out, you know, but I can count it all joy because you know that I still rest in the palm of my father's hand. And if he has allowed these circumstances to happen, you know, if he's allowed, he's allowed the enemy to, because he's disarmed in Colossians, right? He's disarmed. He, he who lives in me is greater than he who lives in the world. First John 4, 4. So what is going on here? Well, the enemy's trying to throw distractions at us. He's trying to take our joy and our peace, knowing that we have this, you know, two week excursion we have to go on and, and knowing that what we have going on there and then we, we're coming home and we're, we're hosting a, a, a beautiful party for one of our brothers in Christ, literally the day after we get home. And, and so it's like, oh, our septic and our water, but you know what? I'm not worried about it. It'll be handled. Whether it's handled while we're gone, whether it's handled when we get home, whether we don't have water, but the party still goes on. I don't know. You know, I just know that God has his watchful eye on me and that I am his sheep and he is watching over me. He is tending to me. He knows the needs I have. He knows what we're going through and I'm going to praise him in the storm. I'm going to praise him. That's what it means to have joy, to rejoice. Though you slay me, I will yet still praise you. If you've not heard that song by Shane and Shane called um, Though You Slay Me, oh, please go to YouTube and listen to it. Matter of fact, I'll put it in the show notes because it is so amazing. And actually, I use the John Piper version when I listen to it because he has like this beautiful sermon, little mini like one minute clip in the middle of the song that just reminds us that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what Satan is throwing at you, that we can still praise him, that he is worthy of our praise. And so Satan is attacking, Satan is throwing things at us, but it is for our good and God's glory because I love Jesus. 
I love him and I know he loves me. And I know that what I'm going through is going to have a purpose. This test is a testimony right now as I'm sharing it with you guys. It's a testimony of having a really hard day, of having a day where it's just, you know, I, we I'm feeling so pressed. My fruit right now is being pressed. And yet I can still praise my Lord and say, I count it all joy because my eyes are still fixated on Christ. I'm not taking my eyes off Christ and focusing on the circumstance. I'm saying those circumstances do exist. I am in real sadness. I am having grief. Actually, one of the classes that I teach in grief recovery is for pet loss because it's such a huge loss for people to lose their pets. And I recognize that and I recognize my grief and my pain, and that's a human experience, but my joy is still steadfast. My peace in God is still steadfast. And I know that he's working it all out. And so that is, so it's just so beautiful that in our misfortunes and in our trials and tribulations, we can still praise him. We have breath. I have breath in my lungs to still praise the Lord. I have breath in my lungs to still preach and teach about his goodness, even in the middle of this. And so, you know, maybe that alone is why the Lord has allowed this to happen so that I can walk out the testimony as I'm doing this series on how things will rob our joy and I'm living it out before you. And so I know it's possible. I know uh, that it is it is true because the word says it's true and it is a free gift to us from our savior. And so I'm going to walk in that. And that kind of brings us into point three on this one. When we're controlled by our feelings, our joy can be robbed. Feelings are fickle. Feelings, emotions will keep your eye on a never ending roller coaster. Circumstances are constantly changing as I just literally shared with you. I woke up today with zero intention of any of this happening. I woke up today thinking I'm going to do some um, teaching today. I'm going to, um, I, I have to go, I'm going to go out and do, run some errands today to, to get ready for our, our travels. Nowhere did I think that my beautiful dog was going to be sick and need to be, to go to the vet and then have to be told that he needs put down. Like that was nowhere in my mind. That is life. It's a never ending roller coaster, and our circumstances can keep us on this highs and lows, highs and lows. And so we have to make a decision to stay, to walk on solid ground. This is what the enemy does even in the church. He keeps your emotions constantly going. I need a greater band. I need better music. I need a great, I need a better speaker. I need somebody who can um, do a greater sign and wonder. Always following emotions, always following the next. Uh, great entertainment, the next emotion, the next sign and wonder, which Jesus says a wicked generation seeks after signs and wonders because he knew it's emotions that dictate that we start to get apathetic and we get discontent. When we start being allowed to be controlled by our emotions, we become very discontent very quickly. Like I can't just be content with the hymns. It doesn't fuel my emotions enough, even though they are so beautiful and, and they are packed powerfully with just beautiful theology and doctrine that just worships Christ and his and his his majesty and his beauty but maybe my emotions because it doesn't have all the 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 drums and the guitar and all the things that science according to science literally will move your emotions whether it's a rock concert or christian concert whatever now i'm not saying if you listen to any other kind of music that's wrong don't get me wrong i'm saying though that emotions can be fickle and if we let the emotions rule our worship we let the emotions rule where we go to church we let the emotions and the entertainment rule 
how we feel about any given situation, we will be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that is what Satan wants. He wants to keep you just constantly on a roller coaster, constantly, you know, going left and right and all over the place. And I think of Elijah. Here's Elijah. He's got the the, the prophets of Baal. You know, here's him. And, and then here's all these prophets of Baal. I think it was, what, 950 of them or something. And I didn't read the story before I got uh, did this, but I'm just thinking of him. And here he is, you know, he's calling down, you know, fire from heaven. And he's like, my God. And he's like, sarcastically, like, you know, oh, put some more water on there. Do some more. And you, you know, and he's like, you know, being sarcastic. He knows, he knows that their God is false, that their God does not, is not going to even compete because their God is nothing more than a man-made figuration full of demons, that it's just demonic powers. It's not the real God, the sovereign God of the universe who rules and reigns over all things. And he had full confidence that God was going to come down and take care of the entire situation. And he did. And he, and he, all the prophets died. Everybody got to see the glory of God. And Elijah's like, you know, here, here's my God. And then here comes this one woman. She was a witch, obviously. And she was, you know, e evil in her own right, but still she was one woman. One woman and comes and says, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming after him. And here's Elijah. All of a sudden, he's like, all of a sudden, he's in his fields, right? He's all up in his emotions and he's running off into the woods and he's, he is depressed and, you know, suicidal and all this. What happened? What changed? What made this man of God who just had the, had faith to call down you know, fire from heaven to call down the, everything that he needed to defeat 950 prophets of Baal, you know, that God called, brought down the, the sacrifice and even licked up the water, man, to you're suddenly depressed and want to die and having a pity party because he took his eyes off Christ. He took his eyes off of Christ for a moment and let man and let man dictate let man bring in fear and worry. He cared about someone else's opinion. He cared about someone else. Wait a minute. That's what happens. Satan will be like, oh, you're having great victory. So I got to distract you. I've got to do something to get you off, to, to kind of take you off course. And I can't take your salvation. You're in the palm of the Lord's hand. I can't, I can't come after you in, in those ways anymore. I, I, I know you're walking after the Lord, but if I can get you to stop focusing on the Lord and stop focusing on your salvation and all the goodness that surrounds that, then I can rob you of your joy. So you don't have that peace and that joy to really enjoy your salvation, even in the hard times. Listen, Christ paid a high price for our joy, you guys, so that we can have our salvation. And in our salvation comes joy and peace and love and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and all these wonderful things that we that is afforded to us in our salvation it is a free gift to have this joy. He shed his blood. And so we have to work on our salvation with fear and trembling. We have to make a conscious decision every day that I'm going to count all joy today, God. And I'm going to praise you because I know you're sovereign. And this is all, no matter what the enemy is going to try to distract me with, no matter how he's going to try to get me off kilter or get me tossed to and fro or get me ruled by my emotions, I'm going to say no. I'm going to let the word of God rule me. What the word of God says about the situation. I'm going to let you know, my salvation and my eyes be on Christ and understand that this is not my home here. And this is a temporary place for me. I'm a foreigner and a stranger here and I'm here to do a job. 
And within that job, there's going to be hardships. In that job, there's going to be loss. In that job, there's going to be pain. And yes, I believe in feeling the pain. I believe in dealing with the pain. Those are human experiences. And we have real wounds and real battle scars. But I'm not going to let it take my joy. And I'm not going to let it take my peace because my savior paid a high price for me to have a supernatural peace and a supernatural joy. Just like he paid a high price for me to have this, this salvation that has been granted to me. This, the Holy Spirit, which has sealed me and guaranteed that my Savior will come back for me someday, guaranteed my eternal life. And I trust my God. He is a God of truth. He's a God of justice, righteousness, faithfulness. He's a God that can't be moved. He's omniscient and omnipresent. And he's 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 all the things. He's He's love. And he loves to lavish good gifts upon his children. And I'm not talking about Mercedes Benz and mansions. I'm just talking about the gift of joy. The gift of joy is lavished on me because my father granted it to me. And so I've got to try, stop giving that up so easily. And when the enemy realizes that that stuff's not going to work, you'll find that life kind of balances out. Things are still going to happen. Today was, but the more you pass these tests, the more you pass the mountain of joy, losing your joy, losing your peace, you'll see calmness in your life. You'll, some of these things that kind of plague us will balance out and you'll see a more even kill, heal, Heal, not even kill, even healed in your walk. And you'll have more of a stability in your emotions. And so, what are a couple things that you can do? Keep the scripture hidden in your heart. Know the word of God for yourself. So, when things come, you can say, It is written. It is written. You are defeated. You have been disarmed. I'm in the palm of my father's hand. I'm going to count this all joy. You can, re you can repeat those things and you can use the word as your sword and say, not today, Satan. Okay. One thing a, a pastor told me, this was many years ago. It's probably been a couple of decades now, but he said, preach the gospel to yourself every day. And I thought, what? Why don't you do that? Because we need reminded. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. Remind yourself of what Christ did for you. The sinner that you were once were, the wrath that used to abide on your head, right? You used to be an enemy of God, an enemy of the cross. And then he saved you. He pulled you out of that darkness and, and brought you into his light and called you daughter. He made, he adopted you and gave you a new name and a new family. He wrote your name in the book of life. He gave you the Holy spirit who has sealed you for the day of redemption. He puts you in the palm of his hand and he's contending to you and, and he's your shepherd. He's your good shepherd guiding you. He's with you all the days of your life. He is the lamp upon your feet. He has justified you and made you holy before God. He made you right before God, paying the entire sin debt that you owed in full. And he's now sanctifying you to that you will be conformed into his beautiful image through his Holy Spirit. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. I'm telling you, it's life-changing to remind yourself every day of who God is and who you are and what has been afforded to you, that you are now a child of God. It is so beautiful. It keeps your eyes on Christ. It keeps your eyes focused on the uh, the eternal. It keeps us, our, uh, keeps us heavenly minded. And then have a journal of gratitude. I talked about this in the first episode. Have a journal of gratitude. And everything that I am going through today, I can still, I have way more 
that I can write down that I'm thankful for. One thing I'm thankful for the time I had with my dog and all the love he brought me and love he brought our family and all of our friends and our church family. And, and, and he, um, you know, actually was a stud. So he, you know, put forth a lot of beautiful puppies into this earth that made other people happy. And, you know, he was just an amazing dog. So I have gratitude for that. I have gratitude that God allowed him to be in my life and um and allowed me to be in his and so i can find joy and gratitude but we have to have gratitude i'm grateful that you know i even though my septic is down we can still take showers thank you jesus for that right um even though the hot water tank is messed up it doesn't i can still use it until the valve is fixed so i can still have hot water so i can focus on the problem or i can focus on the, the beauty around the problem, the, the thankfulness around it. And so I highly encourage you to do that. It will, it really is life changing and transforming. I just love you guys so much. Um, if, if there's anything that I um, can do to help you in any area, feel free to contact me, um, message me. Um, ladies, I have a sisterhood on Facebook that you're more than welcome to join and continue to listen to the teachings of Philippians. They're so beautiful. And I'll be getting part three out to you here soon on joy. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.